Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. everyone, welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm John Herding and I'm here with Rob Rubina, Dr. Ray Carr, and Dr. Nick Paragini. Did I say it right that time, Nick? That was it. Alright, cool. Nick was getting on me for not saying his name right, even though I think I said it right every time. Anyway, um, today we're going to talk about unilateral and bilateral upper extremity exercises and why we choose to use each in our performance and our rehab programs. Um, Nick had some very important thoughts on this that he wanted to share first, so we'll let him take it away from here. Thanks, John. Yeah, uh, so today we're talking bilateral rows. We're talking about unilateral rows, dumbbell, barbell, cable rows. So they both have their, their place in the, in the performance and the rehab realms, so we're going to break those down for you uh, today to start things off. You know, first of all, when we're looking at a, at a bilateral row, you know, we see a few pros and cons. Uh, you know, the pros for a, a bilateral row are, are definitely, you know, they revolve around the idea of, hey, I can load this movement up pretty good. If I'm looking at, you know, the, the uh, if my goal is improving, you know, total strength, um, the bilateral barbell row, the cable row um, is a great movement to do so. If I'm looking at, you know, improving absolute strength, um, body awareness, um, overall, you know, stability, uh, an exercise like an inverted barbell row um, is, a, is a great exercise, you know, for a youth athlete or, or for an athlete with a, uh, a lower training age. It's, and you can, it's definitely a movement that you can advance pretty easily through other uh, progressions. Uh, when we look at the, the unilateral row, the unilateral row um, is, is a movement that may have a little bit more transfer to some of the, uh, some of the, some of the movements that we see in, in field sports and other reciprocal-based sports. Um, and so I guess what I mean by that is, you know, movements that we see, you know, in, you know, in field sports that, that involve, um, you know, running, walking, you know, reciprocal patterns, meaning opposite movements of the upper and lower extremity, lower extremities, you know, the unilateral row may have some, a little bit more transfer uh, to the, to these movements. For example, you know, take take a take a pitcher for example. Oh, a pitcher, if they are throwing with the right hand, they may demonstrate um, some you know some trunk rotation to their left. Some maybe on their right side, you'll be looking at some upward rotation of the scapula, protraction, while their left upper extremity may be in you know relative retraction and depression. The unilateral row. Is a, is a movement, you know, whether it be standing or or single arm dumbbell row um, or half kneel row, this may be able to better mimic the demands that we see on the body um, in, uh, in reciprocal sports like baseball and other uh, other field sports. So when we're talking bilateral versus unilateral, they both have their pros and cons. Bilateral row, great movements to build total strength. Um, by the way of increasing load uh, on the implement, whether that be a barbell or a cable machine. And also a great way to uh, teach relative strength in the youth athlete and also a, a lower training age, teaching trunk stability with an upper extremity you know, dominant pattern. Uh, and when we look at the unilateral row, again, this is a, 
it's a great sub. It's a great movement to replicate and match demands that we see uh, in reciprocal based sports, aka pretty much all of them besides CrossFit, powerlifting, Olympic lifting. Yeah, um, I think in terms of like from a physical therapy perspective. I a lot of the times will use uh, more unilateral uh, rowing uh, variations just because it's, a, it's an opportunity to cut down on uh, the asymmetries that the patient's a lot of times presenting with due to injury. Uh, once you get past that stage, um, I mean, I think it all, it's all relative to the athlete. So just like you were saying, Nick, you know, your, your throwers and uh, those sort of athletes, you know, uh, unilateral row is going to be more specific towards what they want to do. If you have a power lifter, a strong man athlete, uh, I mean, getting the barbell in their hands is more specific to what they do. So you might use more of like a pendulum row. Um, so what are your thoughts, Rob? Yeah, I think um, both are phenomenal. Bilateral rowing, bilateral pressing, um, single arm rowing, single arm pressing. It comes back to the um, demands of the athlete. Why are they in the facility training or rehabbing and where are they trying to go? And it's up to you to choose the correct exercise to reach their goals. Um, give you a couple examples. From a progression standpoint, generally speaking, I usually start off with single arm rowing variations. They're easier to learn to move and focus on the scapula and learn to row properly without just possibly doing a bilateral row and just retracting both scabs and extending. Um, so when you're just limiting to one side of the body, it's a little bit easier for a, a beginner to exercise to learn to row or press properly. So generally from that standpoint, we'd use more single arm rowing and pressing variations. From an uh, athlete that maybe is really weak and you, they need to get stronger to play their sport, throw baseball, whatever it might be, um, might rely on more bilateral rowing variations just due to the fact that you can generally load them a little bit more. Um, but said that, you can still load a single arm dumbbell knee supported row pretty heavy. Um, never really met anyone that you know says like, oh Rob, this exercise is too easy. How do I make it harder? Well, add more weight, row more weight. So I, you know, I think I don't think single arm rowing exercises are easy. I think they can be loaded and you still can develop strength. Um, likewise, from a pressing standpoint, you can still single arm dumbbell press a lot of weight. What's required is just more stability of the trunk. So I think that's what kind of separates, in my mind, the difference between the two, um, single arm and, and bilateral, is one requires lots of trunk control to be able to row or press and implement, uh, while the other requires less trunk control to be able to row and press and implement. Um, so I think, you know, generally those are my thoughts. I, I, I use both for all types of athletes. Um, just comes back to their goals and where they're trying to go. Yeah, Rob, I think it always comes back to that, right? Like, yeah, they, they both have their place. Um, I think in a rehab setting, like you touched on, Ray, like we probably trend towards unilateral, exer unilateral exercises more um, in both the upper and lower extremity. Um, but I think unilateral exercises actually probably, you know, I mean, I guess it depends on the context, right? They're going to increase the demand of the exercise very often because you're increasing 
Um, you're going to have to be more aware of position. You're going to have to control um, rotation. If there's an, you know, if you're holding stable, there's an anti-rotation component. If you are adding a rotation component to it, um, depending on the programming, like it's going to increase maybe the demands in that context of the exercise versus versus um, a bilateral exercise. The increased demand might just be strength development and developing power, right? Yeah. Um, but I think a unilateral exercise allows you to be more deliberate with um, finding position, moving pressures from one side to the other, um, like you touched on, Nick, with a like gait. Like you can relate an upper extremity row or an upper extremity press to shifting weight over to one side, filling a, a thorax or a pelvis with air, stabilizing, and then performing the movement with the stable thorax and scapular, you know, scap girdle. Um, so I think there's lots of benefits in that too. So um, while it may not be your main lift, I think unilateral exercises have their place in everyone's program to help develop um, just overall health, right? Um, and we've had many discussions about sometimes you sacrifice health for performance where a main lift that you're trying to develop, um, you know, just maximal strength and power, like you're going to sacrifice some of the healthy components of free stable scaps to, um, scap movement because you're going to try to develop maximum power so you're going to develop you know you might take away some scapular health or thoracic spine mobility so that you can develop maximum pressure through and um, through a bilateral lift right so um, if your goal is overall health you know I might actually you know make the statement of maybe trend towards more unilateral exercises where you can be deliberate with a full range of motion um, and stabilizing yourself through um, the entire joints range of motion if you're going for performance and maximum power development um, then you're probably going to include bilateral exercises with large loads at some point in the program as probably a main lift Great point there, John. You know, it comes down to, you know, first of all, I think all of us can contest. I think, I think a lot of times people think that they're rowing correctly and think they have decent mechanics throughout the the shoulder girl and the scapula. But I know in reality, you know, when we're looking at sh at shoulder health and and uh, and biomechanics of the actual row, I think a lot of times it ends up being a movement that is is a skill. And we actually end up having to coach. And so I think it goes back to is, you know, when, when we're performing that row, are we performing that row uh, to focus on, you know, our biomechanics? Are we teaching this athlete, you know, how to control, you know, the scapula over, over the thorax and, and how to keep a humeral head centrated in, in, the, uh, in the glenoid labrum? Or are we training for attributes? Right? Are we training, and what I mean by attributes, I mean, are we training for the qualities of fitness, the, the power development, the strength development, um, the hypertrophy? If, if that's the case, of course, it's, it's always going to be a balance, but those two things will, will be taken into consideration you know, when we're performing a unilateral bilateral row with a unilateral row probably having more, um, more focus on the, the biomechanics of, of, the, of the scapulothoracic joint. Um, and, and, and again, this is not you know, black and white, but with a bilateral row, maybe being more targeted at development of the qualities of fitness. Yeah, and I think um, just going back uh, to a few things you guys mentioned, like, you know, as a starting point, like a unilateral row is a great way to start in terms of teaching form and technique. Uh, it's also going to require the athlete or your client to uh, learn how to stabilize their trunk 
which is you know even more crucial when you do go to a bilateral row which can sometimes be left behind and that's where people end up with back injuries and so on and so forth so um, the unilateral row is also I mean you can definitely get strong through a unilateral uh, row variation I mean there's a longer both concentric and eccentric uh, phase of the movement um, and I you know I know Rob I've heard you say I mean you can load up you know 120 pound dumbbell on one side um, it's certainly you know, you know it's a decent load so yeah, no, I think, you know, from a, from a pressing standpoint, um, the bench press is a phenomenal exercise. But when you look at, of course, sorry, <laughs> I, I had to say that. Um, but when you look at what's actually happening to the body when it's in that position, um, it, you know, you have to ask yourself from a program design perspective when you're choosing that exercise, you have to look at pros and cons of choosing a bilateral pressing exercise. Um, and if the pros outweigh the cons in your, in your thought process, um, then you program that exercise. If they do not, then, then you don't program that exercise. So I think, you know, again, it, it, it comes down to, comes down to that, comes down to what you're trying to accomplish with this person in front of you. All right. There's lots of examples that we could provide where, where we might do more bilateral rowing or bilateral pressing or more single arm rowing, you know, one, one, um, Example that comes to mind to me is, is let's say we have a baseball athlete or, or you know, field or court sport athlete where we would consider them strong enough. They have reached what you consider as, as you know, they have pretty good relative strength. So um, you then might program other exercises, maybe single arm, where the goal of the exercise is to learn to move your ribcage and frontal and transverse plane during a rowing exercise. Which is, which is trainable and a quality that certain athletes might need to be able to do to perform their sport. Um, so again, it, it kind of just, that's just an example. It comes down to each athlete, what are their goals? What do you see from your assessment that would require you to choose certain exercises? Rob, Rob I think next week we're gonna have to talk about uh, what strong enough means. Let's do it, <laughs> let's do it. And then, Rob, obviously all this stuff has a place in a program, but what about in-season, off-season training? Are you trending more towards unilateral pushing and pulling in-season versus, like, developing, you know, maximal strength and power in a bilateral exercise? Uh, it depends, Sean. Uh, if an athlete is, is weak and they're weak in-season, then they might continue to do bilateral rowing and pressing. Um, you know, if, if – an athlete is not weak, and they just need to quote unquote maintain. Um, I hate maintain. I was wish to improve something in a gym to stay the same, but um, it, you know, if an athlete needs to improve in an area, then we might do single arm rowing. So uh, you know, out of season, we just have more days to play with. So I think in an off season, we're definitely doing both. I think I definitely do both bilateral and single arm rowing and pressing variations for all athletes and, and non-athletes. So I think from an in-season standpoint, you know, it just comes down to what are they trying to accomplish with their maybe one or two days a week that they're into CU training and what's the focus of an in-season program. So I think that's pretty much my in-season, off-season thoughts is, you know, what's the focus of the program, what's the goal of the client during their in-season training. Yeah. And, and to even take it a step further with some of the stuff we touched on earlier with um, 
being able to use a row or a, a press, an upper body row or press to position a thorax on top of like a lower extra, like a pelvis or a lower extremity, like that's when that becomes position and agility or single leg power development type exercise because you can use um, your ability to, you know, asymmetrically move and rotate your thorax into, you know, when you're taking a step, like you talked about very early on with Gate Nick, you're um, your right foot's coming into stance phase while your left torso should be rotating on top of it, right? So same thing, if someone's making a cut and they're taking a cut to the, to the right, their right, their left torso should be moving onto that right side so that they can explode out of it, right? Um, so you can, that's how you can start to be um, more focused with a training program or um, create awareness where, hey, when you are doing this, um, unilateral RDL with a row, um, you know, reach into your right leg and then as you come out of it, like kind of rotate your torso and row out right. of it. So I think it, it takes those exercises to another level when you start to think about, um, like you said, Ray, like freedom of movement, working through full range of motion with good position, good stability, so that um, you can create maximum power, like force and power, because you're now in a, a better mechanically aligned position to transfer force. So, John, what you're saying is single arm rowing and pressing will improve your agility? Yes. Love that. Yeah. Um, again, that's, that's kind of, I think, a, a higher level thought process, but thinking about it as how, how, do arm, how does arm swing and you know, thoracic control with a scap on top of it translate into transferring power um, through the torso and, and into performance, yeah. Could you also say, John, that doing single arm and rowing would also help you throw a baseball harder? Absolutely not. Come on. Just kidding. Yes, yes. Um, and But with promotion of good torso position, scap stability, and um, making sure everything's working the way that it should. Yes, I would completely agree with both of those statements, Rob. Yeah. Excellent. So what about, how about, so you mentioned um, transferring that. You're doing mostly bilateral stuff for the low training age and then transferring them into unilateral stuff as their age progresses. Yes and gym. yes and no. I think if I have a, a person that's new to exercise, John, I might start off with some single arm rowing variations at times, just because it's easier to focus on one side of the body. Um, you know, the only downside to a new person exercising, doing a single arm movement, I think Ray mentioned this earlier, is they have to control their trunk. Yeah. Which you can then flip and say, oh, well, that, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I want that, right, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna depend on the person. Uh, yeah. But it's typically where I start. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then if we want to develop strength, then let's load up the bench press and bend over row and let's get, let's get, let's get moving. So it's all about assessing and creating an individualized program for the athlete based on their needs, wants, needs, wants, and goals, right? Sure. Money in the bank, John. Yeah. And variability. Cool. Which unilateral exercise is going to promote more variability than a bilateral exercise. Yeah. Correct. Every single time. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And I think one last little note here. Um, you know, even even in our our bilateral based sports, our our performance sports, our you know, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, sagittal-based sports, you know, the, the need for unilateral work is even more important. You know, if, if we're spending all of our time, you know, squatting and deadlifting, 
and we have in we have an asymmetry in force development between sides you know that's going to lead to a compensation and over time you know may break down you know one or the other side of the body based on a stronger or, or weaker limb so even if you are an Olympic lifter or you know crossfitter or or power lifter, these are things that need to be taken into consideration and used as a training tool and also an assessment tool to gauge that strength um, in in your training. Agree. Excellent. All right, that that will do it for today, guys. Thank you again for listening to Training Room Talk. Until next time. Mm-hmm.